And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And guys, let's get right into talking about the movies we've seen. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Robert, batter up. Batter up. And I'm going to clock this one. Hey, that might be a, at least a ground rule double for last action hero. Whoa. Uh, no, this is one I, I never watched when I was younger. And it's, um, but still, I think one that comes up a lot in Schwarzenegger's career just because it's a, it's a meta movie before meta movies were sort of popular. Um, kind of breaks the, the fourth wall a little bit. Has and this, the, it did not do well, right? No, I'm pretty sure it was a bomb. I like feel it's, like it's always, it's always referred to as such. And like, after like he um, had like hit after hit after hit and they were just like Schwarzenegger can do no wrong. And yeah, then, it, it, it might've been like a, it might've been the first kind of big misstep. I don't, I'm not positive. It's, but, his, um, it's his black Adam. <laughs> have you guys seen it you've seen it yeah um, i don't know i keep confusing this one for the one where he's a, a superhero and there's a kid trying to buy the toy that's, that's a different one that's right? a, that's jingle all the way jingle oh, all the way that's okay. the turbo man doll I, I was like where he's a superhero oh he does dress up as turbo man um like, am i mistaken was he also in true romance schwarzenegger is n- is not in true romance the I don't jamie believe. lee true, curtis is true lies True Lies. That's what True I'm Lies. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd get those two movies mixed up. Ah, okay. Very different. This is kid goes to an old rundown theater that's on its last legs, and the guy who owns it gives him a magic ticket that transports him into his favorite Jack Slater sequel. Uh, and I, I went he, to the Oak Tree so many times back when it had like springs poking through the seats. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't get any golden ticket. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm trying to this day. Why do you think I keep going back to the theaters? <laughs> I like. I mean, you bring up the take the me oak, to Pandora, please. You bring up the Oak Tree Theater. I think the Oak Tree Theater is on its last legs for the last like 20 years before they renovated it. It's that that thing was. It was rough. It was rough. Yeah. The Northgate was the, the Northgate North was, was really rough before, and now bad. we have like a separate area. But Thornton's the yeah. brand new one, and yeah. not brand new, but. Uh, yeah, but it, this is really fun. I love all the meta-ness. I love Charles Dance as the villain with one glass eye that he changes out to different versions. Um, all the, the crazy tropes. It has low-key one of my favorite stupid Arnold one-liners where he shoots and blows up an ice cream truck and the ice cream an, an ice cream cone with ice cream already on the top. So it was already prepared in the ice cream truck. Hits someone in the back of the head and, and like kills them. And he says, I... I Oh God, am I forgetting that? Whatever the first part is, but he says, <laughs> I, he says, oh, I, I, you know, I iced him or something. I coned a phrase. Is oh I believe boy. What he said. <laughs> Yowza. It's like a double. It's very funny. Um, Talk about your brain than, freeze. Hey, even better than my delivery. <laughs> um, so did he, did he take on the Mr. Freeze role in order to kind of like correct that mistake? Yeah. Was, he was kind of like, I want to expand on this ice cream fun. Ice to doing. meet you. 
uh it also has the random part where the kid's trying to explain that they're like in a movie and he's like we're in a movie because x y and z and he's like also like look over there and there's a cartoon cat who's like one of the detectives who works in their police precinct and he's like yeah he's then over there you know because he's coming in on his day off he's not supposed to be here but he is here and it's like okay he doesn't realize that this isn't we you know weird i also love when they go to a video store and terminator is starring stallone there's a big oh, cutout weird. In, the movie, in the blockbuster video or whatever for it. So fun. I don't know. It's it, it not the same level as Roger Rabbit, but when like movie is meta in a fun way like that mm-hmm. and referencing each other and like, like there's so much ego around guys like that. So the fact that he's allowed, he's able to be like, Oh, Stallone was in Terminator instead of me. Like feels like something. It feels fun to me. Can I, least. can I also say, I fucking am I'm picturing Stallone as the Terminator. It sucks so much shit in my mind. Look up but like, look up Terminator look up Terminator uh Last Action Hero because or or Stallone Last Action Hero because it is just like, you know, the blue kind of it's kind of like a blue black yeah. picture of him like standing there. And it's so funny to picture him be like, Give me your clothes. I just like <laughs> I, I like I, Terminator One works because Arnold is like a ruthless killing machine. He's a machine. And Stallone would have a pass at that script that would make him like into like a likable like, hey, this guy's gonna have a little bit of HUD, you know. I I I like I think Stallone gives some good performances and things, but I just don't I just don't think that would it, have been it would casting, be it would so. be awful. And trying to do like a one to one is very funny to it'd picture. It would be like. so funny though. It would be such a funny version of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, with AI going where it is, we can make it we happen. Can have it so happen. We can make it happen. We should yeah. do that without without consent. Yeah. Let's make it happen. <laughs> um, AI and without consent go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I watched a movie that I'm not sure if you guys are going to see anytime soon and if we're going to cover on the podcast or not, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, dial it back. Dial it back. That's right. Indiana Jones for one climactic mission. Uh, to recover the Archimedes famous dial of destiny. And um, I liked it. I didn't love it. It is above crystal skull for me, uh, which is a low bar. Um, and it kind of, kind of, I like it... it less than the, the racist temple of doom movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the racist parts. To be clear. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah, what's hey, missing the more Madonna. insensitive, the better. I'm That's like, what... this is why I like these movies. They're yeah. back in the old days where we could call, you could do whatever you want. Great. Um, it's, uh, I think it's doing some, it, hey, it's no Spielberg movie. And I think that's its, I mean, it can't not be its biggest detriment. There's parts of Crystal Skull that I rewatch. I rewatched the movie. And there's parts that are just pure Spielberg and they're great. And there's good stuff going on. And it's well, you know, it's well uh, blocked out. And um you nice. saw Ready Player One, right? Yes. So Spielberg movies lately have not been very Spielbergy either. So there's still there's still like that you can see in shots. Like there's just like shots that are Spielbergy, and that's also the cinematography too. But there's even his his lesser movies evoke his style and and can kind of bring that magic. The problem with this is my broad strokes are sort of like too much CG in parts where. The first 20, 25 minutes is a big CG filled. Not it's not all all CG, but there's just like a lot of it. Um, intro. And 
I personally liked it, but I it's there's uncanny canny valley stuff. There's parts where it's nighttime and murky and it looks just like low quality. It doesn't look like good quality. You even get the Indiana Jones sting at one part, and it's just this shot that is so like not heroic, in my opinion. And I'm thinking about, you know, we're we're a week away from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And the scene I'm talking about in the starting has Indy climbing up on the back of a train and running, you know, across it in the night. You hear the, the Indiana Jones music and it's just like, it's not Indy. It's this weird bouncy CG man mm-hmm. and the train's not really there and it's dark, but it's not really dark because it's just like a fake dark night. And you're just like, Ugh. and then I know that Cruz is on at least one, at least one train in this new movie. <laughs> and I'm sure he's running across every square inch of it. So as I don't want, uh, people to have to risk life and limb and, and put themselves 100% in the shot. If you can have a stunt double or whatever, but the next movie I watched that I'm rolling into is I went home and that same night I, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark because I wanted to go back and watch that first indie and man, like great mm-hmm. action scenes and they're kinetic, but, and they, but the camera still holds when it should, like when it's indie in the front of the truck and he's just bashing the other, the Nazi guy against the, the dash and then throws him over the front. And he kind of like holds onto the, tries to hold onto the hood ornament and falls underneath and, ooh, and gets hit. And it's just like, this is all real action. And you see the guy's legs flump up and it's so, it just is like hitting so much better. It's, it just really needs to be, the CG needs to be more of a tool than it should be like something that you're just have a crutch on. Uh, so yeah, my general thing with it is it's like, there's a lot of, I never thought I'd say like they needed to cut down and trim up the action in an Indiana Jones movie. But they just but, need to replace Harrison Ford with but it becomes Tom Cruise. But, you know, but no, here's this though. Harrison was great. Like it's a movie about, age and regret it's about time it's about like you know wishing you could go back and relive that stuff that's what it kind of feeds back into the the intro of the movie do they mention like him wanting to go back and and like not have shia labeouf as a son i will keep my mouth shut about the shia stuff in the movie (laughs) okay but uh it's it's interesting and i and i so i don't think that's i don't think that's bad to me in the movie i think there's some good themes that I see what they were going for, but I just think the execution didn't really work for me. Speaking they of Terminator, really... they, they, at the beginning of the movie, they retcon it by having a Terminator come back and kill him when he's like 10 years old. Yes, exactly. Um, they take a wild swing in the third act. That is definitely not working for a lot hey, of folks in an Indiana Jones movie for him to take a wild swing. That's right. He goes back to the world <laughs> series and he hits that home run. He's always wanted to. <laughs> Sorry, baby Ruth. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. I would probably see it again just because I want I am Indiana Jones, Star Wars. There's just so many things from when I was a kid that I have I'm locked into and I, I love and I want to experience. So the same way that I gave Crystal Skull another chance recently, I would obviously watch this again and reassess it. But um, yeah, it's an odd one. It's it's definitely in the the lower end of the indie oeuvre. I don't it, think anything from the original trilogy is, is less than it me. is like the last one, right? Like this is for sure. The last one. I mean, w- what do you mean that they won't do a spinoff with, you know, Phoebe Waller bridges character. I or meant Her- like have... this is Harrison Ford's done playing the character is what I, I don't know if he sold his life rights and, and image to Disney. I would not 
put it past them to release, you know, a uh, another adventure with him just deep faked, you know, on onto a body. Sure. I, so I, I really couldn't say Harrison Ford currently alive. It, I, he may I don't know. Maybe he will do one when he's 90, but I, I don't know. We'll see. I also like Could that he as even a play the Sean Connery role in. in he could. I'm. I don't. Didn't look up if he was older than Sean Connery when he was in Last Crusade, but it would be interesting to know. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but that's that's about what I've uh, seen. Max, what about you? Um, watched a movie called She Said, which is about. Oh, that's um, what she said. That exactly is just a bunch of uh, that's what she said jokes. Cool. So it's like uh, a supercut of jokes from The Office, just for like ninety minutes on screen. Hilarious, hilarious movie. That's it's so funny, about, dude. Uh, the New York Times writing uh, an article on Harvey Weinstein and Ooh. trying to get women to come forward. <laughs> Whoops. Well, uh, ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, I'll you know. know what I'll be editing out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, that's fucking nuts looking into that stuff. Yeah. Um, the movie itself, I don't know if it was like too much new information or anything like that. I don't. If, if anyone's followed the story, they probably know what's going on in the I, movie. It's I think there's probably of, a lot of people who have not deeply followed the story. They just know that mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein is a fucking bad, bad, bad person, and so like. I, I would guess there's not a ton of people who have like followed it deeply because like I think the more you know about it, the grosser you feel because like this man was like so fucking prevalent and powerful in the movie industry mm-hmm. and fucked up so many people's lives unnecessarily just because he was like a horny old dickhead. And it's just like that. I mean, like he's not the only one. And so like if you the more you know, the more you kind of have to like look at the movie industry differently, I think. Mm hmm. And I, I think like this movie kind of focuses not too much on the details as much as uh, just what it takes to get someone to come forward and why, mm-hmm. how it got covered up uh, and stayed covered up for so long and like what it took to get people to come out against a powerful person. And um, yeah, I, I think it, uh, it, it does that pretty well for someone who's not versed in it, you know, like yeah. someone who hasn't like, wouldn't really take the time to watch it if, or it wouldn't take the time to research that or anything. Um, unless it was in a two hour movie or something yeah. that they could kind of watch. And in that case, it might, you know, walk you through it. That's probably the best case for this movie existing at this point. Right. Cause like in some ways it's like, okay, now, now you're telling the story now that he's in jail for hopefully the rest of his life or whatever. And, uh, like what, what are you doing? What, like, what's, what's this for? Mm-hmm. Got him, got him. He's in jail. Now we're going to smash him with this movie. But I do think it does a pretty decent job of showing like, yeah, there are, there are reasons this stuff doesn't come out right away. There are reasons to think that more of it's out there than you think. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, there's people that yeah. will never, never say what happened to them personally or someone mm-hmm. that they knew because they can't or they feel like they can't or or they have and uh, or they have it, and no one it, believed them and now they yeah. are just fucked you know it's just stupid yeah. yeah oh yeah and all the different like they're they came out and tried to go up against someone even took it to court and then ended up 
uh, you know, with the settlement in order to survive it essentially. Right. right. And uh, and then they legally cannot talk about it anymore. So, yeah, a lot of dumb shit there. Uh, and then I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie. Talk about whiplash. And it was even worse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it, I mean, all right. So I didn't like the movie. Um, and I also feel like the Bowser motivation should probably have been updated for this movie. I feel like now's the now's the time to do it. This whole have like, him not bought him would be marrying. Peach. Like forced marriage, like I love you so much that I'm going to threaten your friends' lives and murder them if you don't marry me, right? And then like, like I mean, he's a bad guy, so he's gonna have shitty, dumb ideas. But I know, and I know these things happen in the games and kind of have been going on for a long time. But like to choose to put out something brand new where you're introducing your stuff to a new audience and a new format essentially in a big way right like there have already been mario things going on but this one's kind of um i think they were just trying to keep in like the tradition of the first mario movie where koopa also brings women to the underground world to potentially be his bride um i think was also part of it or at least he thought that they would let yeah, him it's, connect it's, the worlds i understand why they did it i understand that they don't want to change but the story that they started telling you know several decades ago and want to keep telling i feel like could be updated probably should have been updated feel really uncomfortable to me uh watching it in this movie i'm like this is weird this is not a kid's movie what did you think of the music uh the, the i didn't like drops? it I, I didn't really like the so they like isn't it weird that Mario doesn't have any like half, good iconic music you could use in, in a, a couple parts it's a shame because I they mean, had to use a lot of like 80s music and stuff yeah so. so half of it is 80s music and half of it is the it is some of those like music stings but like filtered through the fucking orchestra like, it's like a big classical big band version which i don't mind but it's like it you could just work. play the music like i don't yeah. know you could just play the music it felt out of place i think the music is is a, a a big negative to it i also think this movie makes a very compelling case against Mario. Uh, actors Chris taking Pratt. the taking the role of voice actors and actually in my opinion chris pratt was one of the like least offensive of the of the group i think that uh like he wasn't great but he's not I, bringing a lot to it and it's and it pissed me I, off i that appreciate that Remember because, the starting when it shows the commercial and they're like, it's us, the Mario brothers. And they're like, come yeah. high rest to be a thing. And then it cut, it pulls out and they're like, Hey, what do you think about the commercial? Did we, was it weird that we put on the, the voice? And I was like, much, yeah. and I was like, you should have done that voice the whole time. <laughs> Just do that. Like, yeah. I think it would have gotten, expecting. who cares? It would have gotten annoying, but like the, the fact that nah. it's just, <laughs> essentially chris pratt talking to charlie day and then they go up against uh jack you know black. like jack, jack black is doing black. the best job i did i really? i'm not here i i'm not gonna say that jack black did a bad job i'm gonna say that jack black doing the job that he did was distracting that i wasn't watching bowser i was watching jack black as bowser mm. and uh yeah it, it always felt like jack black doing a voice in the same oh of course fucking seth rogan and also fred seth rogan is only seth rogan in that and fred um, armison as well 
is not. Fred Armisen's doing a weird. I don't know what the tone. hell he's doing. Keegan Michael Key is doing like doing a voice. I couldn't really recognize. Yeah, as and much. they also they also yeah he he was the Peach least is boring. She's just but like her pitch shifted. Uh, Keegan Michael Key. So like it turned it into a Toad voice. But anyway, my point is, I think that they didn't need to do that. I think they could have just had voice actors rather than star power. Um, I mean, they need maybe. star power. It's a Mario movie, so. Oh boy! Wah, wah. <laughs> Robert, that was pretty good. Now there you said they don't need mushroom power. <clears throat> I would also disagree with you, but. Well, yeah, man. Good thing I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I equally found it disappointing. Um, it's a baby movie for babies. If you liked it, you're dumb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Mario's for dumb, dumb asses. The Tanuki suit should have had the big balls that Tanukis actually have in real life. I agree. I should have slapped Cowards. them against Bowser's face. Mm-hmm. I, um, I it's like... also annoying that like Mario isn't with Luigi the whole fucking movie. Like Luigi's off doing his own mm-hmm. thing, and he keeps like saying like he, I need he to never find got... my brother Luigi, and it's like you don't really, you don't. Doesn't seem like it matters. He never got a vacuum either for Luigi. Yep, he didn't vacuum up ghosts, which is dumb. Was he in a mansion no in the movie? At all. What was that? Is he in a mansion at all in the movie? I haven't seen. No, he yet. goes into it like a haunted mansion. Yeah, I was like, all and right, then they don't do anything with vacuum. it. Nothing. They cut to. I thought it would have been a fun he's... thing to have him get to the haunted mansion after running from the dry bones and stuff. Maybe he finds a vacuum. He goes like, oh, and then you think he's like dead, and then meets up with Mario 15, 20 minutes later. He comes out of the mansion. He's got. He's loaded up with like ghost catching stuff. Now he's like more confident. He's like, I just went through this whole thing, and now I'm like a more of a badass. Like I thought that would have been a more mm-hmm. interesting thing where he learned on his own he didn't need mario but does want to come up, sync back up and help him this is just my dumb pitches and i think it would have really helped but we got a luigi stand here hey as a as a perpetual player too what can i say <laughs> uh yeah this movie didn't need to exist and it's well you excited after, for them there was after, the rumor that they were going to do a, a, a legend of zelda illumination and i don't think i think that's been debunked but well, I mean, I wouldn't count it out because, like, this this movie did gangbusters, right? Oh, it was a hit for sure. Yeah, I don't fucking huge, understand huge, it, but huge I guess because yeah. Mario is bright, it looks like I think it looks nice, like it's like bright and kind of nice looking, but it's I don't know, not didn't didn't work for me. Yeah, it's kind of a, a lame story with a lot of like, I don't know. I Why also doesn't every Koopa Nintendo... Troopa become a blue shell and like attack them? Remember the one guy like suicides? He's like, yeah, blue shell. And it's like, why don't you all that? You, you can just all do that. Why doesn't Bowser just hey, make everyone? Can I watch the fucking movie before you <laughs> tell me everything that happens in it? Uh, yeah, it is really excited to watch it after our reviews. I I mean, I will see I, whenever it becomes available on like fucking Peacock or something. I'll watch it. But I'm not like, obviously, I'm, I'm not busting There's down the door shell. to see it. So uh, just Shut, just shut the, whenever you bring up a blue shell, just don't do it, okay? <laughs> As a general rule for movies going forward, if there's a blue shell in it, let me see it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and but that's all I've seen, those two movies. How about you, Andrew? I, I Just real quick, it is the 15th highest grossing movie of all time. Grossing. 15. Out. That is fucking wild. There's That's annoying because there, there it's not that good there's a hundred fucking marvel movies and this outgrossed like so many of them that's that's wild to me i um, mean even some marvel movies probably don't belong to be up there but true they, i understand the appeal true. but damn, um talk about branding i uh was on a real uh channing tatum kick this week and i watched the lost city 
with the him and Sandra Bullock where they uh Oh right. With yeah. Daniel oh, Gar- Daniel Radcliffe as well. I thought or? that movie was really fun. I thought it was really like I enjoyed it a lot. I- I'm trying to remember, Max, did you watch that when it sort of came out? And then Andrew, this is your first time? Or? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought it was really right. fun. I mean, like, it's a very fun adventure movie. It it kind of like it's a little more slapsticky and silly than like a you know like the mummy like the 1999 mummy or something. But like, I really thought it was it was fun. It didn't overstay its welcome. The jokes were funny. Daniel Radcliffe's really funny in it. Like Sandra Bullock has kind of had a few misses in the last like ten years, but like this one, she was like back in form. And like Channing Tatum, I think is like I Channing Tatum is a great comedic actor. Like he's no matter how many times he does the. I'm a fucking meathead and you're surprised by how funny I am thing. He's good at it every time he does it. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's really funny in the 21 jump street movies. Um, you know, like he's, he's good. I think he's a good actor, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. That was really funny and very fun. Like a fun adventure too. Like it, it was, I don't know, kind of invoked a lot of like adventure movies from the nineties. And like, there's a MacGuffin here and there's this like, mustache twirling bad guy played by Daniel Radcliffe that was like I'm glad he got to do that Mm because he's definitely playing against type and I love whenever he gets to do that he seems like he's having more fun doing that sort of stuff yeah I I generally just want him to do any role that is helps move him farther away from Harry Potter because I know he would rather not be known as that only forever yeah and like I love the whole thing that like basically whenever he was doing press for this movie People were like, so you played Weird Al? And so like the Weird Al movie got like a bunch of free press because it's coming out about the same time as this movie. And so like Weird Al's like the the Roku channel had like no budget for marketing. So basically because all these interviewers were like, wait, you played Weird Al? Like it says right here, you played Weird Al. He got to do like free press for the Weird Al movie on the back of Lost City marketing, which already did well and was a success. But like, I just think that's fucking cool. Um, and then I watched Magic Mike, The Last Dance. Ooh, what'd you think? Um, I think it's okay. It's, uh, I, it, it felt a little too in the weeds of like what it's like to put on a stage production. Like there was a little bit too much of like, Hey, we're not getting like this, this part of the stage production is not coming together. Right. And it's just like, I sounds more like sing. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt, like the thing that's funny about the magic Mike movies to me is that magic Mike one was not what people wanted because it was like a Soderbergh drama that it was masquerading as a hot guys take their shirt off movie. And then number two was like ditch Soderbergh. It's just fucking hot guys t- t- roaming the country, taking their shirts off. Okay. I'm on board. Okay. And then Soderbergh came back for the third one and it's a little, it's a little more like character drama y than the than the second one, but it doesn't quite get back to like the, you know, this is like a a hard drama in the first one. It's kind of like a mix between the two, and I think it works, but it's a little too in the weeds of like ah, there's all these production issues at this stage thing they're trying to put together. But man, Shane Tatum's fucking hot. It's really funny. There's a the the funniest part of the movie to me is he gets taken to London by Selma Hayek and he's on a fucking video call with Matt Bomber, Kevin Nash, um, Joe, uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, um, 
Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio, yeah. Joe Latrulio from the first movie. Um, Joe Mangeliano. Mangeliano or whatever. Yeah. And then a fourth guy who I didn't remember his name, but they're on a fucking like Zoom call and they're on like shitty internet Wi-Fi. So like they're all cutting out a bunch and like, it's just like, what is like, why am I watching a shitty video call on like a big budget movie? Like this was a movie that was released in like theaters and stuff. Why am I watching them having a shitty four-way Zoom call? Like our internet's better right now. Than like it was for this, like, you know, and I know that like they were trying to simulate, oh, he's in this like apartment and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, why is this here? It was so funny to watch that part. But I'm surprised you're so disappointed by a shitty uh, four way between those guys. Hey, only because it didn't look as good as I wanted it to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a fucking Magic Mike movie. It's it's hot guys dancing. It's about a big like not Broadway, but a big production of hot guys dancing. So you get what you pay for. I think it's really fun. It was supposed to be an HBO max, like just release. It got a theatrical release and now it's on max again. So I thought it was good. Not, not, I, I like magic Mike XXL more because it's just like flagrantly, like look at all these fucking hot guys. Look at these beefcakes. Like there's almost no story here. And then this one, they tried to throw in a little bit more of a story. And I think like some of the like Selma Hayek going through a divorce stuff doesn't really work that well, but it's, it's a nice send off for our, for our boy, Mike. And there's so many times where somebody accidentally says magic Mike in it. So it's, that's another thing to keep looking out for magic Mike fans. Keep a lookout for all the Easter eggs of people saying this is so magical, Mike. Take a hearty a handful of popcorn every time you hear that line. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for movies we've seen. Let's move on to TV shows we've seen. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. Robert, have you watched any TV? Watching Secret Invasion, which we're mm. going to cover on the mini. Uh, just watched the third app. Won't get into any details since we're going to talk about it but uh it's a show that marvel is putting out <laughs> i haven't seen the third episode but if you fucking mention there's a blue shell i swear to god <laughs> you might it's say a... that the certain scroll has a blue shell no! that's gonna help him in the fight against uh fury um yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's i mm, hmm. I'll, keep it very, <laughs> I'll keep it very general but i'll just say like for being like this is the halfway point today it felt kind of like hmm all right. When well, are we going to get to the? When are we going to get yeah, to the point? Come on yeah. now. Although I am, I am questioning whether they're going to do anything sort of big and tricky. I've said for a long time this about uh, Marvel shows is that you can't really count on having anything too groundbreaking occur because you're counting too much on people watching those to then watch a movie to go, huh? How come this guy is this guy now? Right. How come bl-? like there's already going to be someone who's going to go see the new Captain America and be like, huh? He's Captain America? What? I don't understand. I don't get it. It's like, well, there's we've had Captain America pass the shield on, and we had a whole show for him about like you should know that. If they do something big with any scroll reveals in this show, which I'm have some inkling about some characters, that will be interesting for them to pull off. Uh, but I, I, I'm just not sure. I yeah. just don't know if it, it can get as big as I'm hoping. I mean, already in the first episode, they they killed off a major character and like i don't want to i don't want to yeah we don't have to talk about who it is but like that to me is already they've already sort of like given like uh 
Like, not that people are going to go to Captain America 4 and be like, where is blank? And then you have to, like, find out on Wikipedia that they died. Man, I want to say something, but I don't want to, like... We'll talk about it. I'll just say like yeah. Marvel has never killed off a, a certain character, you know, certain characters and then brought them back via a show. So who knows? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, at any rate, uh, we'll see how they, how they wrap it up. Cause yeah, we're at the halfway point now, but I will mention that the other television show I have watched recently, that's right. I couldn't get enough classic Indiana Jones after I watched Rage of the Lost Ark after Dial Destiny. So I watched my first episode of the adventures of young, Indiana Jones. Never seen it before. Looked up some lists to see kind of what are some good episodes. Who who plays Indy in that one? Oh, Max, why would you ask me that? Uh, the Adventures. <laughs> it's the guy from um uh Boondock Saints. Um Sean Patrick Flannery. Oh. Is young Indiana Jones. I like him as young Indy. It's good. Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. not he's not exactly doing like a Harrison Ford impression. Maybe he's going more for River Phoenix. That, that's a little bit more in line the the one from Last Crusade. Um, but I watched the episode Treasure of the Peacock's Eye. Uh, and I did what one thing I did like about it is that it truly globetrots a ton. They go from the trenches of World War One, where uh the armistice is about to be signed and and literally like fighting stops in the middle of the no man's land. Um they travel to France to meet his Belgian friend's wife and family. Now that the war is over, they hear about this uh, diamond. They go to uh, the they go to the Far East. They go to uh, the islands, uh, you know, around South or uh, Australia. They do all sorts of crazy globetrotting. Does he have Budget- the uh, Does he have the Boondock Saints accent? While he's doing Indiana Jones, yeah, he's like no one patre, and he <laughs> and he says the Latin, and he blows people away with like double uh, revolvers. Um, no, it's really, it, it, it was fun. It, I am not sure if it's a show that I'm going to go back and watch it all. Cause I, and I can look past, you know, obvious, some of the obvious, you know, budget constraints and stuff like that. There's a part where someone gets thrown against the wall of the ship and I'm pretty sure the whole wall like jostles because <laughs> it's a set. That's, that's kind of funny. Um, but I did watch part of another episode called, I believe it's called the mystery of the blues. And it has the distinction of being the only Adventures of Young Anna Jones that features Harrison Ford. He shot actual stuff for the episode. When it starts, he's with a Native American guy in a truck and they're driving and Indy has a beard. So it's also the only bearded Indy. Weird. And it's because he was filming The Fugitive at the time where he had a beard in the movie and was like, sure, I can come over and and do that, you know, during this time block. And this was before Um, uh, the Henry Cavill incident with the mustache. Yes, exactly. Um, they get to a cabin, they're hiding up from these gangsters and the guy he's driving with is like, thanks for getting this, you know, this pipe for my, you know, drive back. And it's a big, you know, it's a big deal. Thank you so much. So a lot of history with this. And he goes, I'll tell you what's got a lot of history to it. This little saxophone I just found in the cabin. And he's like, how do you mean? He's like, let me tell you about it. And then he tells a story about how he was in New Orleans and like worked as a waiter in a blues club. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to spoil the end of the of the episode. When Ooh, it all sure. wraps up, cuts back to Indy and the guy, the door gets kicked in. The mobsters come in, they disarm them, start walking out with the pipe. And they're like, he's like, Indy, what are we going to do? They took the pipe. And he's like, what can we do? They have got guns. And then he sits down and plays a little tune on the saxophone, but it's a deep, deep note. 
and all of the snow falls off the cabin onto the bad guys and covers them, <laughs> except the guy's hand up in the air with the pipe. And he's like, I guess sometimes it does work out though. And then snatches it. They head out, roll credits, beautiful stuff. Uh, my wonder... favorite uh, addition to the indie canon. I wonder if this is going to be one of those things he can where play, like... He can play the special note to make snow uh, fall off. Wish of... it had been the brown note instead of that. Yeah, and there's like, oh, oh Indian shit. Like they hold it up as they're like just shitting their pants. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and whips their asses when they pull their pants down. <laughs> you got him, Indy. You got him. You still got um, it, Indy. So if, if this hasn't convinced you to check out the Young Adventures of or the Young Adventures of Indiana Jones, how about you should watch the Young Adventures of Old Indiana Jones? <laughs> That's, That's right. Dial yeah. of Destiny just came out. Um, that that is what I've seen for TV. Max or Rayo. Uh, I watched a TV show called Jury Duty. Have you guys seen this? I haven't seen it, but I do want to watch it. I've heard good things, and I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I wasn't totally sure going into it, like uh, how I was going to feel about it. But basically, um, they set up this uh, this jury duty summons, where everyone involved in it, in the court case, and all the other jury members except for one are actors. And so it's kind of this guy and how he's going to react to these scenes that they've set up. And uh, John Marston is also James Marston, uh, James Marston. I, th- <laughs> I think there's like a <laughs> John Marston, I believe had a tuberculosis and died from a gunfire. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was already all right. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's right, that's right. Okay, so James Marston, the actor, comes in because it takes place in L.A., and um, and so he is playing himself, the actor, getting summoned to jury duty. That's funny. And, and like, really hamming it up. He's quite a bit of fun in this one. And, yeah, it's just interesting to, to see it all go down. It's crazy that they pulled it off. So there was... There is one other actor that I recognized in there who is in uh, like Reservation Dogs. Mm-hmm. He does a good job in there, and he's like playing a truck driver. And so, as soon as you introduce that, right, actors that could could be known mm-hmm. from things uh, as something else other than an actor, then you're risking the fact that you know he could figure it out. And in fact, after I uh, after we watched it, um, it sounded like his role got cut down because I think he was in the office or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because he was in the office, they kind of put him in, in the, mm. the back, not doing so much just in case it, he happened to be aware of that. Yeah. show. I think they, they found out that he was aware of the show, but kind of had forgotten the actors. And he was kind of like took a couple episodes trying to place who James Marston was and whether or not he was actually John Marston. Um, <laughs> And, but he was, he was just thinking a... about like what I I know I've seen you somewhere and stuff like that. So it was like it was really funny and really played into kind of the the character that they had mm. made of James Marston himself. Yeah, I think I had a lot more fun with that than I um, was expecting to initially going in. It, Who... It's pretty fun. I I do recommend. Do you it. think that it would have worked? Because originally it was supposed to be Will Ferrell doing the James Marsden role. Like I, I sort of think it doesn't work with Will Ferrell. Like I think it's like no. I think somebody would be like I think their antennas go up right away. And I don't like Will Ferrell's been a good actor and stuff, but I sort of feel like in a comedy setting like that, I just don't know that he doesn't he can't like not heighten everything too much to the point where it's like, oh, this is fake. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think it would have worked as well as it did here. I think James Marston did a great job. He's part of the reason, like one of the major reasons why it's actually why they pulled it off, I yeah. think. And I think you're right. Will Ferrell would have done a much different thing and would have changed the perception of uh, everyone involved. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because uh, there are a lot of moments where he was like, this is so wild what's happening. Like, this is so weird. I can't believe it. It's like I'm in a reality show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah. I, yeah, I thought that one was good. Uh, then I watched season two of The Bear uh, on Hulu. Strong recommend. They have one episode about halfway through with a ton of uh, star power in it. Uh, another uh, Mario movie reference. Um, wow. But, this movie goes deep, man. They're making fucking star power references in the bear. Um, it's so the whole the TV show is about uh, a guy starting up a restaurant mm. and kind of like dealing with all the um, baggage in his life and all of that. And this episode goes so hard and it doesn't even, it's not a whole lot about, uh, it's not about the restaurant because it kind of like takes a look at his, his family setup. It is about cooking, but it's not about the restaurant and not about him cooking. Um, but it is so fucking nerve wracking. They do a really good job of making the, the kitchen feel like it can be really hectic sometimes. But um, but this family one was way more hectic than that. Uh, it's good though. It's like one of those things where you're done watching it and you're exhausted, but you're like, they did a good, they did a good, did a good job with that. They really pulled it off. Um, and this this season, they are trying to get their restaurant set up so they can start serving and get their uh, the chefs and everyone in in line to like be able to function at the uh level that they need to to make this work uh especially like they deal with the fact that other restaurants are closing due to like covid and people not going to restaurants as much anymore and i think they use some like real world chefs and real world examples i believe i don't really i didn't look into it but that's kind of how it felt mm-hmm. uh so Kind of nuts. It's a really good show, though. I recommend it. Uh, and then more Daniel Radcliffe. I watched uh, Miracle Workers season one. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. I think I saw a trailer for it a long time ago um, where like every every season they kind of do uh, a different time period or yeah, genre. They're doing like a, t- like a Mad of- Max one right now. Yeah, that so that's the the trailer that I saw. I haven't watched up to that. The first season, have you have you seen? It? I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, the first season is less about that. It's kind of good place adjacent, where there this is the afterlife, and they're kind of in heaven. Steve Buscemi plays God, and um, is fucking hilarious. Um, and there's a team that starts out as being just um, Daniel Radcliffe who's assigned to making people's uh, wishes come true, right? If they have a miracle that they want to occur, he can make it happen, but it has to be believable within uh, our reality, right? So he's only able to do very simple things like uh, 
blowing leaves out of the way so you can find your keys or whatever but they they have a lot of fun with all of the stuff they do it's it's a pretty funny show (laughs) another one that i liked a lot more than i expected to like it um but i've been enjoying it and i i think i'll continue with the other seasons too and see how it goes cool yeah yeah big recommend uh and then i watched a couple episodes of queer eye which is tearjerker of a show always always cool to see the progress that people make and Mm -hmm. also kind of like horrifying to see some of the damage that our society does to certain people Mm -hmm. and um and how, uh, how much people need each other and uh they need to kind of like open up and allow things to allow other people in and allow themselves to flourish and yeah. all of that all of that stuff it's really touching i think it's one of those great things where it does a good job of explaining some of this stuff in a way that sticks with me that doesn't feel preachy it feels like it's coming from you know it's a genuine story that's going on Mm -hmm. and i feel like it could uh like accidentally sway people's opinions or something not not one of those like oh yeah they're trying to to you're trying to ram the queer agenda down exactly (laughs) god but but just to kind of um if you don't get it if you really have a question you you've you know heard these Right. heard these things and you don't know why people are against your side right why people are trying to push the queer agenda or why people are trying to make those things genuinely if you have questions about that i feel like watching this show will give you some explanation of why it's needed of why um there is so much hurt being caused by uh by the things that are going on mm-hmm. that that feel like you know well i've grown up this way this is what i know this does a good job of kind of walking you through each step this is the personal effect that it has on people you've never met this is this is how their life has been devastated and this is what it takes to cor- course correct what what these choices are doing to people I, I think it's pretty effective. I haven't really seen that in, in motion. I haven't like, I kind of feel like sometimes I should send this to some of my like family members, mm-hmm. right. That I might not necessarily line up with uh, their, their views. So like, but I think back to these episodes and I think back to how my opinion might've changed or at least how my eyes might've been opened wider, even if it was something I'm like, yeah, I'm all on board. Uh, now, after watching some of these episodes, it's like, Absolutely, I can't believe this stuff uh, ha- has such an effect yeah. on on people. You, you know, you might not expect it to. All of that. There are some good ones with religion as well, uh, where like a, a couple people, Bobby in particular, grew up religious and grew up hating themselves because they thought they were wrong. And oh, it really. There's like one episode. I think it's early on where Bobby has to go back and like renovate a church for someone and like it, it hurts to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's like really, uh, it, it should explain kind of, you know, what, what, it, what it does, what the, what the effect is that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know is happening, but, but what it actually is. Yeah. 
And that's all that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Andrew? Uh, I've, I finished Fringe, and um, I think the last couple seasons, it's it's a mixed bag of like taking some big fucking creative swings and trying something, and like I appreciate them for trying stuff. I don't think it works that well, but like I won't lie to you, the very last episode fucking got me i was like this is this show's good fucking john noble is like so good as walter and like he gives this like performance when he's talking to peter in the last episode where i'm just like fuck like i get it like this is like five years of building up to like this specific point and if like all this bullshit of like you know resetting the timeline and introducing new characters and they're gone and they're fucking back and all this like sci-fi stuff it's all it all doesn't matter because like this part of the show fucking works and i was like god damn like that was so good so i again there's problems with the show and it's not perfect but gosh that ending was good it got me i thought it was a they landed they stuck the landing even though it was a bit of a bit of a bumpy ride up to that point but they did it they fucking did it so kudos to fringe um, but guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the movie we watched this week based on the graphic novel by Andy Stevenson. It is Nimona. Nimona streaming on Netflix starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Raz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Excuse me. Uh, would you guys recommend people watch Nimona streaming on Netflix? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I read the graphic novel years ago, and it's um, pretty good adaptation. A little different in some ways, uh, art style wise, and a little some story stuff. But uh, no, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was um, some good casting for the voices um i really liked the the style especially like the futuristic kind of medieval tech style and um yeah i would definitely recommend it max what about you yeah i enjoyed it a lot i have not read the comics uh and i am interested in in doing it now like Mm -hmm. i i definitely want to check it out and it seems like there's been some contention uh over like how much they changed, what they changed, and if it should be changed. And I know oh. that ha- that happens all the time. But um, I had read up on it, so I'm curious what that what they said. But okay, um, I'm also curious. I I was going to read up <laughs> on it mm-hmm. to find out what the differences were, and then I thought, why am I doing this? I'll read the comic, find out what the difference are differences are myself, see if I uh, well agree with these things that I haven't read. But like if you know if I if I want to, I'll read them later. I, I don't really want to be. Um, Isn't it just the one graphic novel? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I said comics. Usually graphic novels are a collection of comics. I don't think so in this case. It's a collection yeah. of uh, online. It was like an online publication that they. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did think that it was, uh, was online. Okay. Um, I, but I definitely recommend it. I think it's, you know, got that cool style that we've talked about. I, attributed mm-hmm. to spider-verse a lot yeah. but um yeah a lot of a lot of pizzazz in it uh, i thought they did a good job mm-hmm. 
How about you, Andrew? What'd yeah, you think? I think it's I think it's fucking great. Um, animation's great. The soundtrack kicks fucking ass. The you know the voice acting's all really good. Uh, one of the unproblematic try guys makes their uh, you know big big movie debut to me. Uh, <laughs> Eugene from the Try Guys. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's fucking great. And like Max, what you were talking about, and I I almost wanted to like skip talking about Fringe, but I wanted to like you know cap off that i'd seen all of it i think the the conversation you were having about like queer identity and like how um queer eye is like a you know it can be like a good vessel for people to like understand a lot of that sort like where the hurt and like where people are coming from in that i sort of feel like i mean like now 20 fucking years later we can see that like the wachowskis when they were making the matrix were like kind of having their own awakening and like recognizing that like part of the story of the matrix was about their own like struggle with gender identity. And for Noel Stevenson now ND Stevenson, who's having their own like transition from female to non-binary to now, I think they go by he, him uh, like this is a story more than like lumberjanes, which I think is a really great comic series written by them too. That like this is a story that is like very much almost at like an allegory for their own like gender identity stuff and like Nimona being sort of a fluid character in terms of like what is Nimona like you like the um I forget the character that she want they want to be their sidekick but like throughout the movie Ballister Ballister is like who are you what are you blah 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 and I, Nimona's just like I'm Nimona like there, and there's no concrete answer throughout the movie you want you like it's almost like the the main character is asking for there to be an answer of like I'm a little girl who has shape-shifting powers or you know like I started as a wolf and I can do this but like it's truly this is a character that has no discerning gender no like discerning like um like actual identity like there's no like species to it it's it's just a shapeshifter and so like there's no like oh you can see this is where its base form is or something like there is no actual base form to it because ident- gender identity and all that is is all fucking fake you know like and so it's it's a you know i, I think like that sort of story this is obviously a very um personal story being told by andy stevenson they also do a voice in the movie as well, so they're I think pretty, um, pretty involved with the whole process. Which voice is that? <clears throat> they were the uh, da, 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 da. I have the cast listing here. They did the voice of shoot. It's not listed in the thing. It was listed in the actual. Hang on, I'll look on IMDb. Wait, I'm sorry. Who that's, who are you looking sorry. for? Andy Stevenson did a voice in the movie. Oh, it was the dragon, the serial dragon. That's right. It was the serial <laughs> dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I love that serial dragon. Yeah. Uh, and I did look it up. He is going by uh, he, him. Yeah. And uh, it changed the name to uh, Nate Stevenson. Yeah. Nate, Nate Diana Stevenson. I yeah. Think. Um. So, yeah, I think like this is a, this is a movie that I think a lot of folks who are, you know, don't have a lot of don't have comfort in their own gender identity or maybe figuring out stuff for themselves. And like, 
this is a and like I you know this is a this it's not gory it's not gross the the humor is not like fucking like it's not poop jokes it's there's no there's not if there's any swearing there's not a lot of swearing so like I think this is a movie that I think like I know personally a few younger than ten year old kids who are themselves deciding their own gender identity <clears throat> and I think this is the kind of movie that you know it's I again. I think if um, <clears throat> you're more comfortable watching this movie, not seeing it as a gender identity allegory, I still think it's fucking good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if it's the kind of movie that some kids can watch and be like, yeah, like I'm kind of feeling that way too. Like this is a story that really speaks to me. I think this movie's fucking great for that reason too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this movie did a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And I think, <clears throat> I think it can really, be enjoyed on that surface level and i think it pretty clearly is can be seen especially knowing the creator uh for for what it is just the I mean, fact that they what have it the... is, as if it wasn't both both things. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> well just the fact that they have like the hero right up front be what is like is gay and is in a and again to get a gay relationship is just so refreshing because i think i commented somewhere else but like disney is constantly doing like we're finally putting out our first gay character in this movie. And it's like, it's the background character that they can cut out for international releases. It's strange worlds. And he just says like, I have a crush on a boy. And it's like, yes, finally we did it. And like, you know what? I mean, whatever. I, I, they don't really need any sort of praise at any point. Like, Something's better than nothing, but they yes. do the bare yes. minimum yes. most of the time. And, and like then, I said, and usually also, usually able to be plucked out for international release. So. And then the the one time that they don't, they then will blame the uh, the sales, the fact that you don't have yes. China or Russia, and then right. it didn't do very well internationally for some reason. Which is wild because like it's not a it's. The relationship is obviously important in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's not, there's no like agenda. It's just like the way the characters interact. It's just, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so silly to me how that gets picked apart sometimes. Now that, mm-hmm. that um, being said, Ambrosius, is that the name of the, of a uh, Ballester's uh, betrothal? Ambrosius Golden Loin, I believe is the, um, is that the dude, I mean, like, he kind of sucks, right? Like the whole movie, it's like he doesn't trust at like until like the last like three minutes of the movie. He's like he doesn't trust Ballister at all. Like it's just like that every- is a bit of a change from the graphic novel, if I remember correctly. I don't know if you know this, Max, or not. I don't. But I, I've been you want- waiting. Uh, I mean, you, we can talk about it if we're talking about it. OK. That's oh, sorry. Fair. Well, I I. I'll, I'll keep it general, but I think in the comic, it's much more implied that they were aware of kind of what was going on to the, uh, they, they knew what they needed to do to kind of like rise in the ranks, but they weren't sure. They didn't know really about the Institute as a whole being more nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more stuff like that. Also, the comic has like fatalities. Like Nimona is like, I love killing people. Like, so that's yeah, they do too. kind of gloss over that in this one, which well, I like, but they also kind of don't. Movie. There's not really like she's shoving people into the wall and they're all getting beat up, but they're not like she's and not icing people. They're not like, like impaled that. on a thing or she's not like ripping yeah. them in half. Yeah, only in the drawings that she drew. Yeah, exactly. She wants to be more violent than she is. Uh, I I do think that this is in like it continues an interesting trend in all of the kids' movies that we've been watching of uh like having 
a having the establishment basically be the villain mm-hmm. and the person that or or person or monster or whatever that has that is at the center of the story that is, is actually good yeah like they're missing well like sea beast we just watched not too long yeah ago. exactly yeah. yeah the there's that one there's a i feel like there's a couple other ones that we watched but like oh strange worlds i think they're mm. like oh what we're doing is actually wrong and that this, this thing that is attacking us is attacking us as a uh they're right like, to try and kill us yeah it's a uh immune reaction or whatever so like it seems like it's becoming fairly common um but I, it's a good message for the time. It, like, it's a good it, message, it but really it's it's, it's it's never not funny when it's like a big company that night, like yeah. Netflix that's cracking down on people and being so nefarious <laughs> yeah. to be like, ugh, this damn establishment. Uh, they stink. Really sticking it to the man. Yeah, it's it is funny too. Like how how many of these come out from the big companies? How, well, how that's what I heard them... about the the most recent Black Mirror. I heard there's some very specific like social media and entertainment company criticism that's like it kind of feels like when fox had to let the simpsons make fun of fox as much as they wanted mm-hmm. it's uh-huh. just like i don't know that's just funny to me but then um, also also if kids are growing up with all of these stories about how the establishment is terrible and like you gotta trust the underdog i wonder if it at some point it'll backfire where they're like the establishment is the underdog it's being so unfairly attacked this whole time and we gotta learn to like mm-hmm. understand I think dumb people them. might think that. <laughs> they might. Um they're like, it, oh it poor the, Amazon is... is getting trashed on too much or, or yeah, know, insert people, brand here. Some people are already right there. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think of like because I mentioned at the top, what did you guys think of like kind of the general design? Because I really loved one thousand years later, and it's not just the future, it's like we kept kind of the castle aesthetic, mm-hmm. but like instead of horses, we have like little like robo chariots that fly with hover technology. And, you know, uh, Oh, that one, they only show up for like one point, but like, instead of shields, they have like a laser shield. It's just like a perfect like diamond mm-hmm. that he, that, that Ballister picks up at one point. And I was like, man, I love all these little details. Like the look is very fun. And like seeing like medieval castles where like they're transposing like holograms of like the criminal, there's a criminal in the area or whatever is, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker, but I, I just no. thought that was a fun, a fun art choice. If so. you're a sucker, I'm a sucker. I, I think that this is a very underutilized, uh, like mix the mm. fantasy sci-fi. I don't know why it's not used more. If everyone leans heavily into the sci-fi thing. And if you're, if you're fantasy, if you're the high fantasy, you got to do straight up, you know, medieval with the orcs and, elves and, and dwarves and they, they they have the established roles and they're going to fit in there uh, i love when people try and play around with that it's it's great seeing the neon lights on the castle mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah. i think it fucking looks it looks so cool and i love that like there's not a ton of like explaining how this works in this setting like it's just like you're in for it like it's it this is not a it's not even a two-hour movie and like, I feel like there's at no point where I ever questioned the the fucking technology or the science or the mixing of the two. Like, I think it all fucking works so well, and it's like a very, it's just gorgeous looking too. Yeah, they do a really good job. My super duper small nitpicks is I, sometimes it just doesn't work for me in a in a animated movie where they do the like 
what are you talking about? And do like the slow-mo kind of thing. <laughs> sure. It's just a very, sure. it's a personal problem for mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not bad. It, it, it's kitty. It works. That's the other thing I want to say. Like, I feel like any of my criticisms or my criticism in general would be kind of like just things that like I recognize aren't my thing and work for the film, but aren't for me. So kind of like in the way that um, I really loved uh, Arcane, that, mm -hmm. that series on Netflix the Imagine Dragons soundtrack, not as much sure. I'm on board with, <laughs> but I do think it fits the aesthetic. It, mm -hmm. I think it fits the League of Legends thing and it, it's the edgy yep. sort ofness of it. And I, I get it. I think it I think it makes sense. Not for me. This one has, and I think you played a track at the top, Andrew, yeah. kind of this like girl punk kind of like song stuff throughout. I would say like when a song kicks in with lyrics, it tends to be maybe that it might all be the same band. Um, and I'm sure that they're a great band and they're very popular and everyone loves them. But for me, wasn't my favorite music. I think it makes perfect sense for the character Nimona when she starts running around and doing her thing for that to kick in. So my criticism is truly just my own little preference thing of like, oh, I think they could have done like a kind of a cooler, you know, more operatic song here. Or they could have done a little something a little different. And I'm sure if I'm sure for other people, they're like, I'm so glad that song was in that scene and it fit perfectly. And I loved yeah. it. So. I understand that too. I was thinking the whole time they should have played an operatic version of a Mario song right here. <laughs> I just wanted to be the Guardians <laughs> 2 soundtrack. <laughs> She's a brandy. You're a fine girl. What a good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think we're going to move on from that joke. Uh, let's <laughs> move on. You think uh, that's uh, bad. I loved that if you hadn't seen the trailer, it does sort of tease out her powers yeah. initially. I think that's a fun thing to like, she's in the jail cell and then she's outside of it. And you're like, how did she get out of there? And you're, and it's never showing, you're never seeing even like the flash of her changing. It's just like, she seems like she's teleporting. Yeah. Um, and then the actual reveal when they start to, that they get into real trouble in the castle and have to break out. is really fun mm -hmm. and, and very cinematic. And I love the way that they have it constantly her character constantly changing and you know turning into a whale to crash through multiple layers and all sorts of stuff like that i think that was i think that was really good fun it it was kind of interesting watching this after dungeons and dragons uh where they also have an escape from a castle with yeah. a shape-changing person who turns into a deer and then turns into a, a like eagle you're and right that. this movie sucks they ripped it <laughs> off fuck no i i think that uh they they both have their play like they both it's a big off. year they for well. for yeah like a <laughs> trans shape changing shape changers uh, castles, and castles basically i hope uh, i can't wait for the third one before the end of the year i would also this, like to uh I, oh go ahead max sorry no 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 make make a joke if this is a joke you can do it okay i was gonna welcome back uh chloe grace moretz onto our podcast after her initial outing in movie 43 Oh my god! <laughs> I think that might be yeah. the, that might be the last time we talked about a movie that she was in. Yowza! I don't. So I I I didn't look her up. I've heard the name. I don't know who this is. She was a hit girl in the Kickass movies. Oh, and, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I thought the the people did a a great job with the voices. And this, I guess, this is going against my hey don't. But. I wouldn't say this is huge star power, I right? Say like that it, either, it yeah. wasn't uh, distracting that these people were yeah. who they are. Like I do know 
Riz Ahmed. And I, the whole time I was like, where do I know his voice from? Right. And I, I think as long as I have to look them up afterwards, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I'm not just like, fuck, why is Bradley Cooper in this? Or like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, uh, the escape, I think in this case, all the scene, like all the, um, changes that she does, I think they do a really good job of like, they establish a few things that she's going to do right off the bat when she does those drawings. Uh, there's the rhinoceros, mm-hmm. there's a, a couple other ones, but I love that they're always willing to throw another one. I couldn't believe how many sh- changes she had. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like so many different ones. And you like, they had, and then that. like you find out people, she can be people, but she'll still yeah. have like a little shock of pink hair or something. Yeah. Cause she does. She has that, uh, um, like that, that pink aesthetic the whole the mm. whole time like every yes. animal that she turns in it's it's really good for being able to track in a kids movie okay yeah. there's a shape changing character uh but every single scene every new scene she like transition happens uh outside of the scene and uh switch over you still know that it happened without seeing uh the transition happen in front of your eyes because you always know the giant pink animal is nimona mm-hmm. uh but, i loved yeah, them what's the bit where they have to go out and like they have to go into the crowd and like they want to blend in and she becomes like a little orphan boy mm-hmm. <laughs> and she and he goes like he's like and now you're a boy and she's like i am today and yeah like backs up around the corner and it's just like he's out she's out of his control like he can't do anything about it and a, a reason that i think a lot of people can ascribe a sort of a a trans read on this because she's like she's not just gender fluid she's like species fluid yeah like she can she can be anything she can be anyone and she's like i could i'm a boy today which is i i thought was a a fun thing to include in there and like you said it's obviously if it wasn't at the time of the initial release of the novel something that the author has definitely uh locked into since mm-hmm. um and really fun and i love that in general that character that possessed little like demon boys oh, when, when they so. kidnap the, the the person from the castle and like she's like they're like interrogating that that uh, you know like courier or whatever and then mm-hmm. like every time they would like talk and like she'd do the the little or they do the little boy voice and then just like the eyes would turn white and just like mm-hmm. that is so funny i i also think it's kind of great that we're like so she's a shape changer turned into whatever she wants right yeah and and we meet her as the character that like she's constantly going back to right um but then we get a flashback of her as a child and she's like a different looking character entirely. So like, um, I'm, maybe it's just a younger version with a different haircut. Did she not look kind of but... like that red hair girl that she becomes? Didn't, didn't she kind of look like, well, when it starts out in the flashback, it's like tiled drawing. Yeah. She is like a little kid running with animals, but I don't remember what they said initially about, like, I do think she was a human that somehow, kind of got that power right or did I, mean, I did I, I misremember that I she's think sort of we don't lying. know and i think that's sort of the point is that it's not important it's like the joker yeah. who keeps telling different versions of the story. <laughs> I, but i i just thought it's interesting that like um like the initial like she's been around for a long time a long right? time yeah long at least time. a thousand years because that's they cut to yeah. a thousand years later after glorfin glareful what's the name of the the holy woman that ended up helping them and glorith glorith yeah yeah she's in a form though that isn't 
what like visibly 1000 years older than that little girl that she initially was that's sure. like different than the initial initial form that we see but she's kind of just inhabiting that maybe more often than the, all the other forms that she could inhabit uh, that it kind sure. of makes you feel that this is this is the current choice this is the current than... choice when she has to be human but she even says when I have to pretend when I have to be this version, when you say, can I, can I just be normal? Can I just be a little girl? Like it feels like I'm itching. Like mm -hmm. I feels like I don't want to be in this body. And when I transform to anything else, when I'm a bird, when I'm a rhino, when I'm a whale, I feel like me. And I feel like I, when I can transform and be who I want to be, that's when I feel real. It's when I have to conform. I have to be the form of the little girl or whatever that I, that she disconnects mm -hmm. um, and, and it would be true for any form right if she had to stay in the deer form if she had to stay in a whale form it, it wouldn't work like the, maybe the, so yeah i mean maybe just the the constant changing is part of it but mm -hmm. the fact that even as the nimona as we know her is still kind of her uncomfortable form she's like when people telling her to stay that way is is just not fun mm -hmm. um i also love just like the very subtle like she's got kind of like little sharp kind of like teeth Almost always. I don't know that it's supposed to be that she's always semi-transformed in the way, but we, when she smiles, she's got kind of like the sharp teeth. And then she does like, you know, literally smile and have like little shark teeth. And I love like the little like, just like she was great design. Like I like the design in general of some of the people. Some of them was kind of, was kind of uh, a little generic-y, but Nomona was great. And just like her like real creepy smiles. And when she's like, gets all metal and is like really crazy you know happy that she's about to go you know sow some chaos and stuff it's just so fun i i really i really loved that character in particular so i would good. uh i'd like to quickly hold our feet to the fire i think that uh an important message in this movie is that nimona is not a gendered character sure and so we keep gendering nimona as a her and she and so I, not that it's, I'm not like, I'm not trying sure. to, to I, I think like she allows a, people to know. say she's a, she, because she is mostly, you know, appearing Presents as, as, as a young girl. Yeah, she pre but they sure. present as she a, can be a, they or a whatever. Sure, sure, like, sure. I think she even says, I'm not a girl. I'm a shark. And it's yeah. like, yeah, right now you're right. You're not, you're nothing. You're just a shark. Sure, so, sure, sure. Yeah. I was, and I'm tr not trying to derail the conversation. Thanks for just, canceling yeah. me. Mid <laughs> podcast. I just, I just uh, like to, I'm, and I'm infecting the podcast with the woke mind virus. So I was wondering that earlier and, but I seem to recall, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that during the movie, she is referred to as a she they she's referred to as she and i think she never corrects anyone so i think in the in the canon that's that could also just be a, a convenience thing of like she appears as a young girl so they let she lets people call it but there's also people that are gender fluid that go by girl one time sure. and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. not another time so like i said it, once you know i stopped i changed the gender uh pronouns when she becomes the demon boy sure and, that, and then yeah. she's fully locked into that character yeah yeah, yeah. I, again <laughs> no i, I, I do like it about that no that's good to point out and i think Cause like I said, I, she's almost always referred to it as a she, but, um, but it's another just fun part of it. There's, I think there's a lot of stuff like that in media nowadays where there's a head cannon for fans and a read on it where you can just kind of, uh, you, you can kind of add your own sort of, you know, qualities to a character, especially if it makes it easier for you to connect with. Um, I know, uh, Gwen, in across the spider versus one where I think that's kind of a, an icon for folks. Mm -hmm. um, and you can read into certain things in the movie and the material uh, that might lend itself to, to that, but ultimately it doesn't matter if you want to mm -hmm. feel that way about the character and it's, and it, and it helps you connect more than more power to you. Yeah. I feel like Nimona is an even better example where 
it's the the metaphor is is almost right on the surface. It's literally someone who doesn't feel right in their own body and feels like they need to change and does. And when they do, they feel better. So it's, it's all kind of right there Yeah. along with that gay relationship. I'm mm -hmm. I, you know, this is the time that we need to praise Netflix the most in there. <laughs> I would in, love to uh, nominate hero of the movie, Ted Sarandos. Let's get, you know, let's yeah. get him some praise. I mean, uh, obviously this isn't good on Netflix for like allowing this to be released with, with, with the content uh, in it's that's in it. But this is all I credit that, creators and the adaptation and everything yeah. else over them obviously is the company mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um uh it's it's i'm glad to have like i said disney is always dancing around this kind of shit and it's just like you can put it in a movie and it really is not mind shattering at all mm -hmm. it's just it's just characters and you're telling a good story it doesn't matter yeah yeah i guess because this is on netflix we'll never I will maybe get some viewership numbers, but I don't even think they do that, they right? Don't. So we'll never, never we'll never know. They'll occasionally say, because like Gray Man, they were like, oh, it's the best. No one's ever watched a movie more than this. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? So they're always so stingy about it. The the most I could hope for is, um, I don't know if they ever did a, a follow-up comic or any sort of supplementary material that from the creator, but I wouldn't hate a sequel or something with these characters again that keep it open-ended. Um I don't know. It'd just be a shame to me to be a one and done because I think it's a really fun pairing, Ballister and, and Nimona. And I think you could do, you could adapt or uh, come up with something, something more. Honestly, I, I think like if they were to do more and Netflix never does shit like this, but like in the way that like Disney did like a tangled short or like a frozen mm -hmm. short, like I think like a 15 minute, you know, like just quick little bite of like what, they're doing you know like you know maybe in a couple of years stuff like that i think would be i'm not sure that i would be on board not not that i would not want to see a sequel to this but i actually think like this movie wraps up pretty nicely in the way that sure. i it's not the story's been told and so like i would not be against there being more but i think like i in terms of like just going back to the well so often with i think the natural thing and maybe this is on me for for coming up with something that i think that I simultaneously think is maybe like a cliche, but it would be Nomona finds out there's other people like her. Sure. And it's sort of the pull of like hanging out with the people that can all transform and they live in a place where it's cool to do that all the time. And then being pulled back to Ballister and kind of being his sidekick forever, like she promised and stuff like that. So not that that, I think that we deserve the most generic version of a sequel, but yeah. I don't know. I guess it would just be, I would just, this is great. And I hope it it I hope they don't pull it for tax reasons for some random shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but I wouldn't be upset to see yeah a little mini series or sure. a short or a sequel of 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 these guys. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Disney short and got me thinking. I I don't know if I need a sequel, but what I do need is to watch this movie again, but in live action. I just want <laughs> there we a, go. Mm. There we go. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Like, ugh, like there needs to be like more dust and grit on everything. I need to see like the scales of the yeah. on the. Kind of the, kind of the texture wanted, of the rhino's body, and I just want it darker so I can barely see a thing that's yeah, going on. Yeah, I don't want to see any. Scene. I don't want to see the fights. I don't want to see the effects. Just like make it mostly at night. I yeah, don't want to. You know, like the, the the castle's actually too neon, actually, for me. Another mm -hmm. nice thing about animation, because that is such a a problem with I feel like a lot of stuff that uses CG nowadays. So we get these murky, dark, like imperceptible, you know, shows and movies. And it doesn't need to be that way. And animation feels like it's perfectly calibrated where it's like, 
we didn't need to shoot on a beach and make it day for night or mm-hmm. change this up or do that. It's like, you can just make it happen how it's supposed to. And it just, it gives you so much more power over what you're doing, which is why even something like this, which you joke, but it's a lot of human beings interacting. And then obviously a lot of like creatures that you could, add, you could obviously add in CG and stuff. There's no reason they couldn't do a live action version of this. I just don't think they need to no. with same thing with a lot of Disney movies <laughs> yeah. where a lot of Disney movies, let's say every single fucking like, one that yeah. they've there's, done. <laughs> there's no limit to the technology. It's just, should you do this? And Nimona just feels like a great example of something that lends itself to animation so well. Of course you could add real actors and then add the CG animals, but it just doesn't need to happen. And I hope, mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't for, I mean, it's already yeah, a very I, different art style than the graphic novel. I don't know if you guys have read it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. I'm also curious why they didn't uh, go with more of that style. It really it felt like it was leaning towards uh, arcane. I I think that's the closest thing I could think of because originally I was uh, comparing it to Spider Verse, but then I was like, why do I think this is Spider Verse? There is I think a little mix of um, like the CG and 2D effects. But and more than that, it might just be that the characters are stretchy, even though they're made in three D. They can they like contort and they move around and like you say, change their teeth shape uh, Mm -hmm. from scene to scene, and uh, eyes go completely white and stuff. So it's not like the plastic figures of Toy Story that are always gonna be. They're just gonna move, but they're not going to uh, change their dimensions. Yeah. So like, maybe that's what makes me compare it to Spider Verse, but. Of everything, the thing that it fit the most with was arcane. I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, visually, yeah. Like, I, like I, maybe I see that more in like the also, physicality. But... I see uh-huh. like the way it's cinematic, the way the camera's swooping around and stuff is. I see that more, but very. But visually, there's just a lot of differences in in a good way. I'm glad that there's a lot of comparisons to Spider Verse with these other films, mm-hmm. but this definitely has its own aesthetic versus like that new Ninja Turtles is coming out and they're like, it's very Spider-Verse-y. And it's like, yeah. kind of, it is kind of, but it's also like, it's this sketchy style where like the actual yeah. like fill is coming off of the art and it's, and it's, it's its own thing. It has that, it does have some of those qualities, like it, how in Puss in Boots, there's, it almost seems like the missing frames in some action scenes, like they're moving, people are moving and it's like this clipping and it's like, but it looks great and it doesn't feel like it's less fast, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's something that is being adopted. And I feel like more and more, yeah, it's pretty much just uh, like a col- a collection of techniques that could mm-hmm. or could not be used. But any one of these, if you picked it up and just threw it in, it, you wouldn't think, oh, that's Spider-Verse. Like if yeah. Spider-Verse had a giant pink whale, it would feel a little out of place. Yeah. Yeah, that is does feel like more of a, a weird thing that they included. <laughs> yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the movie before we head out? I Just a, a pleasant surprise. I didn't even remember that it was the graphic novel I had read uh, years ago when mm-hmm. we picked it, I was like, this sounds familiar. I was like, the girl, there's a girl who could shapeshift. Also, she's kind of working for a bad guy. And I was like, I feel like this is so familiar. And I really enjoyed that graphic novel. I kind of like to revisit it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the movie was a great adaptation. Um, even for some of the, you know, there's changes from the book that I think are good and you know bad, whatever it's I fine. Make it more, a little more family friendly PG for a Netflix. Um, but yeah, just a lot of heart. And I think the Riz Ahmed and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz are doing a great job, you know, delivering those characters to the screen. Um, highly, re- yeah. I hope everyone gives it a shot. I would, I would love for this to be a, a sneaker hit on Netflix. So, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Max, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm gonna get the novel and and check it out. 
Uh, I thought it was really fun. Uh, and they thought they did a good job with it. And uh, I think people should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you live in the same household as <laughs> the person right. That's right. who yeah. has the account. Please don't enjoy Nimona somewhere other than your own household. <laughs> you just can't do it. You got to think about the companies yeah. because uh, if you don't do that, we're all screwed. Yeah. You got to think about the yeah. companies first. Thank you again, Ted Sarandos. Um, the real hero of the movie, real hero of the and movie. And Susan Sarandos. Thank Susan you. Sarandos, <laughs> Susan Sarandos. Uh, Ted Lasso. Um, thank you all. Uh, and uh, God bless. Netflix, God bless. You know, we love you. And uh, hey, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>